1: theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project.
2: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Today is January 31st, 2022, and uh, we'd like to welcome you all to our latest episode of The Working Artist Project. Darian Douglas, how are you?
0: What up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to The Working Artist Project. Yo, Greg, I think today is episode 133, and we got a, a very special guest today, one and only Jeremy Bean Clemens. And before we get him on here, I don't know if you're aware of this, Greg. I'm just going to name some names and you you tell me how many of these people you know. They all bad motherfuckers. That's Solomon <laughs> Fortner, Gregory Porter, Andy Bay, uh, Stacey Diller, Jason Moran. Like, bro, this shit is kind of crazy. Grady Tate. Those are the cats. Wow, man. It's like, I mean, you know. This, I mean, all, all kind of genres, all kind of music, and, and uh, I'm going to tell you before before we get moving here, you know, I used to watch Bean from afar because Bean reminded me of all the cats I heard, you know, growing up in Mississippi and then learning how to play in New Orleans, because Bean, Bean plays music from a groove perspective always. You know, what I'm you you know, Greg. You know, in New York, you may not know this because you see you in the you you down in New Orleans, but up here in New York, a lot of motherfuckers play. You know, floaty. You, you know what I'm saying?
2: They play real floaty. They play like uh, Miles <laughs> Davis is like ninth quintet. No, no, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't even put Miles in because Miles is always funky. But the, you know, some people be you know, it's a little limp. You know, like you you look at the audience and everybody's like doing a math problem. That's that's not being. You look at the audience, everybody dancing. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's that's one of the things I loved about Bean, man. But you you guys don't know each other that much. But you know what, man? Without further ado, why don't we we get Bean? Welcome Bean to the Working Artist Project. What up, Bean?
2: Welcome.
3: What's up, baby? <laughs> What's happening? What's <laughs> good? You, hey, bro, you
0: know I was stalking you, huh? Uh,
3: no,
0: I don't I didn't know that.
3: <laughs> no, I didn't know that, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, bro, I was in the back, you know. Taking notes, taking notes, man. Get my lesson. You know Uh-oh, I
3: mean? taking notes of what not to do. <laughs> yeah, before we, before we got
0: on, we was kind of talking about how you came up in the drum and bugle situation. And, and one interesting thing I read in your bio was that your grandmother
3: actually, st- so she was a drummer. No, no. So you, you know oh. how she was the director of the drum corps. I see. Okay, okay. Yeah, but but my I'm a I come from a drum corps family. My my grandmother did march in drum corps. She marched in the American Woodsman back. Back in the day, my mama marched, my sister marched, my my uncles that's right above me marched. That's it was uh, you know, because growing up in St. Louis, drum corps was a thing. Oh, yeah, especially black drum corps, that was a thing, and then you know. I ain't have no intentions of really being a musician or a drummer. That's not, <laughs> I was, a. am still a nerdy math dude in a way, not as much anymore, but I didn't have, I didn't grow up saying, Oh, I'm going to be a drummer playing drums and being in the drum court was just what it was just part of what we did. That's part of the family. You coming through that, you know, my sister, my sister played trumpet. My mama played Trump. It's, That was, that was, or in drum corps, it's called soprano. But that's what you did. That was part of being a Clemens. Hey, I feel, I feel,
2: I feel real ignorant right now, but can you tell me exactly what is drum corps?
3: Drum corps is like, uh, well, used to be, oh, the lines are blurred a little bit now, but drum corps used to be like uh, a magnified marching band. There were no wood, there's no woodwinds, all the bugles used to be in the key of G so you have brass and percussion and color guard now fast forward from when my granny marched in the woodsman who is sending got to be in this let me let me get this right maybe like 61 59 61 60 somewhere in there and uh you know, it was it was that, bugles, color guard, and per, percussion. But fast forward to 2022, now they have electronics and they use instruments in the key of B-flat. Some drum chords use trombones. That's like blasphemy in my mind. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that's not what you grew up doing. But you know, things evolve and it does what it, you know. But I grew up in that tradition of drum and bugle chord. That's how I learned how to play the drums.
0: Right. You know. Man, you know, it's funny because you know, I'm from Mississippi, so the like the first band I ever saw, the you know, marching band was, you know, the Sonic Boom of the South, the best band, the best swag band of band period you ever heard. You know what I'm saying? Oh well, my mama went to Valley. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh
3: so you you kinda steeped in the tradition too. So Yeah. Like, uh, I know more about it now than I knew then. Okay. You know, she, you know, always used to tell me how big the band used to be. She's like it was about 300 or something. I'm like, God, you <laughs> <laughs> should tell me about the trenches in the field. <laughs> she it's said crazy. in Valley, cause they marched eight to five. And if you wasn't marching eight to five, you would step in the hole in the field.
0: <laughs> <'Cause>, you know, <laughs> like you said, it's cultural. So like marching is kind of like a religion. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh like, yeah. It's
3: church yeah. in a way. Yeah,
2: it's church. Exactly.
3: It's just the same, same. It's all, all that's the same thing, you know.
2: Is there a difference between um, this and like marching band, or what? What? How does that work out?
3: I mean, it's essentially kind of the same, but it's you talking about. It's it's just a lot more serious, and it's not tied to a school. Most marching bands are tied to schools. Drum corps, it'd be people from all different schools. Some of them. You know, it'd be a group of them coming from this school, or group coming, or you know, or you by yourself. You know, it's just it's it's like a, you know, it's like the best of the best usually sometimes go to drum corps. Exactly,
0: and, and like we were talking earlier, you went you were dealing with Phantom Regiment, and that's literally like the best of the best. Like you can't be no slouch and be in being that in that group. You know what I'm saying?
3: Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I grew a lot. As a timpani player, really, because I played like I was telling you, I played timpani in Phantom Regiment. So you know, because I'm a timpani player, I can't play no drums, but I grew a <laughs> lot. You know, you know, I grew a lot being around. Because when I my first year in regiment was the summer of oh oh god, I'm dating '93. It was the summer of my junior year, which was the summer of 1996. So I was like. 17. But I was one of the younger people in regiment. But mind you, I've been in drum corps since I was five. I started marching when I was five. I started as the mascot, and I started playing cymbals. By the time I was seven, I was playing rudimental bass drum. And I played bass drum all up until the time I, I, I stopped marching. In this, I didn't march in the summer of 95. I was deep in the timpani. I was playing with orchestras, wanted to do this. Uh, I was supposed to go to Europe with an orchestra. And that fell through. This was the summer of 96. Or right before. No, this was actually the summer of 96. Because my first day at Regiment, (laughs) they had been in camp. My first day at Regiment was, I went up there maybe the beginning of June. I played, learned all the music half of the music in like one day a whole show's worth of music next time I came back I it was after school it got out I was still in high school most of them are in college and drum corps a lot of them a bulk of them are in college so they had been out of school I'm still in school I'm going to junior prom I'm trying you know what I mean right, so right. it's like after school got out I went right to regiment but I didn't plan to go to regiment they were filling a hole my timpani teacher, Melissa, oh, what's Melissa's last name? Walker, I think. She used to play uh, timpani with resume, but she was my timpani teacher. So she found out they they needed to fill a hole in the pit and she asked me, did I want to do it? And the first time I said no, because I was supposed to go to Europe and when that with the orchestra, when that fell through, I called her back and I said, is that spot still open? She said, yeah. So I went up there one day, just Kind of subtly audition. I was gone for another two, three weeks. I came back. We had a a day before the f- first. What did he call? What we call this? It's not, it's like a dress rehearsal almost. I had to learn the whole show basically in one day. So I I, I had to learn all these mallet parts and these timpani parts all in in a day. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> But I'm timpani player, man, I was really deep in the, you know, and then the drum, I was playing drum set then, but I wouldn't, you know, I hadn't been playing drum set that long, you know, to go to school and get a scholarship playing drum set is amazing to me. <laughs> you know, the only thing I knew how to do was swing and try to make it feel good. Cause I, I didn't have the dexterity, you know, I can pick up the pad and play stuff a mile along, but sitting down at the drum set is a different thing. You know, and I hadn't had that. I didn't grow up playing the drum set. I grew up in, in, you know, marching drum, drum corps, you know.
2: Was that a hard transition going from, like, specializing in timpani to actually, like, mastering the drum set? And, and, you know,
3: we, we gonna back up. I ain't mastered nobody's drum set. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, you know what's what's interesting too is like again, like having been a, a teacher here in New Orleans, a lot of kids here in New Orleans, a lot of their musical experience is based out of like the the marching band tradition, and drum set is not actually taught in schools. So you know, it's a lot of times like I come in, it's like the first time these cats have ever played a drum set.
3: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a transition. You know, for me, it's a balance. You know. Balancing out your feet and your hands, you know, how to, you know, just and taking what you know with your hands and trying to figure it out around the kit. So it makes some some sort of sense, I guess, you know.
0: I want to, you know, since we since we 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 nudging this education issue in or or topic, do you think education the way that kids are matriculating through the education system to, to become musicians you think it's oh, you guys, problem, <laughs> do, you, do you think it's no it's not politics I, I think I think
2: we're worried, we're getting on something good right here <laughs> do you, do you, ask
0: me that question do you think, do you think it's efficient you know or do, do you think because I think the problem I'll, I'll say this I think the problem with jazz specifically or any most black music is, there is there is no codified way, it, me and Greg was talking about this the other way, they, to teach it versus European classical music. They they got the Suzuki method, they got this method, but when it comes down to teaching, you know, the, the black American experience, it, 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 there is they, people just guessing, in my opinion. So I'm asking, what do you think?
3: Well, <sighs> You're asking a loaded question, man. <laughs> um, I'll say this. And and I'm I'm gonna try and decipher all through these million thoughts I'm I'm having when you ask that question, you. <laughs> <laughs> anything Western is is black. When you talk about music, I don't I don't I don't know what else what else anything Western was created, you talk popular West in it. Well, we talk about this popular music. All of that was created from the sounds them cats was hearing, you know what I mean? They grabbed, first of all, you talking, You they talk about language. It ain't just a daggone language. It's the sounds they were hearing. They ain't never heard these sounds. The air blow different on this side of the earth. Now, I'm being very serious. And you know that, because when you travel, you understand what I'm saying? When you travel and you're in different countries, the air blows different. So it ain't just the words they were hearing. They, first of all, they didn't know what they was talking about. Then they hearing this music and it's like, you know, what's that? What are these sounds? So you hearing these sounds, so you have all of this, You have it's like a bag of tricks. You, you gathering these things you, you can gather and then you putting them with what you are what was left of what's really what's left of what you know and then <laughs> pop, any popular music <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> that's it i don't i mean if you're not starting there and understanding that music in, in a popular genre you can we, we that's what we're dealing with all of these R&B and jazz and all of that comes from that. Because it didn't exist before. Not that we know of. If, it's, if it was, it, it's undocumented. But all of that stuff comes from the combinations of what people were hearing. Picking up these instruments, trying to make a sound out of something. Every Everything. <laughs> I ask you a random question. Okay. You from Mississippi?
0: I'm from, yeah, I like the way you <laughs> said it. That's, oh, that's oh. it. <laughs> oh Lord, here it goes. Wow.
3: <laughs> Do they eat fish and spaghetti on Friday?
0: People that de- they definitely eat some fish and spaghetti. You know, I personally don't like spaghetti but, with my. Fish
3: but on. most <laughs> people don't understand that. You know why? Because of the traditions, I'm saying that what that's something called High on the Hog. This thing on Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah, documentary, and I watched it, it. and you know they were talking about fish and like a tomatoey pasty and pasta type of thing, and I said, oh hell, wait a minute, that's fish and spaghetti. Talk about what they used to eat and these flavors that they're pairing together. You know that's like yams. Yam ain't no sweet potato. Yam is a thing. It's of its own. Yam is its own thing, but we call them yams because that's the closest of what we could find to the taste we have used to. It's the same thing with the music. You're trying to, you're creating something. You're, the creation comes out of, you You can't take away the ancestor. It's always floating somewhere behind you or, on, or, or, or amongst you, I should say. So you're trying to you remember you're trying to remember these flavors and these colors and these rhythms and all of th- and then you you know you you combine that with what what's around you and you got you you know you got where we at now 2022, all of these different flavors and folks you know I, I don't know I don't know where folks say the music started and nah it's 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 there it had how did it not?
0: Yeah, I, I I think, and I'm, I'm going to let Greg get in on this too. I, I definitely agree with you. You know, we the music came from, you know, from Africans coming to America. I mean, all American music. I always tell people, all American music was born in Congo Square, in my opinion. <laughs> in, in other places, it, in a, it disseminated throughout the country from there. But I'm just more curious about the education system and kind of just figuring out how you feel things are going. You know what I'm that saying?
3: That is the system. Hmm. I'm gonna share that you
2: know you know it's you know as you, as you were speaking, I get like you you mentioned the word ancestors and it's like you know i I feel like being you know just being a resident in New Orleans and having lived here for so many years, you know we feel on a day to day basis feel that connection with you know our ancestors in in the sense that like we're studying the music of like traditional jazz and, and things of that sort on a daily basis and actively living the extension of that um. But man, I was wondering maybe on your two thoughts too, like just your two cents on the fact that like a lot of young people don't have access to that type of um, like learning style or learning process, I guess, Um, you know, actually being integrated in the community, actually um, seeing music, um, how it, how it it is, uh, how it impacts how it lives within a community of people. A lot of times cats, the only interaction they have with music is, like you know in band and in school type settings is is it possible to still play music in like the black american tradition if you're not learning in that way or how do you feel about that
3: i i, I don't I, I almost don't really understand your question
2: <laughs> hey Matt, can you play this music from a book <laughs> no i mean, like said- or do you have to go? Or do you like have to go through the experience of like again, like finding a mentor? You know, maybe in in a, a similar way that you you kind of. Um...
3: All right, I got your question. I understand it, so I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm gonna answer it like this. If this makes any sense, uh, I'm not totally bilingual, but I I've studied languages. When you like, when you study like German. You can you can study German, be able to speak German, and get A's in your classes and all of this. But when you're in Germany, the way they naturally speak is very different. Does that answer your question? Does that make sense of what I just said to you? Oh
2: yes, sir. Of course, man. Man, it's I. I I just want to hear you say it.
3: (laughs) Oh, I'm just saying. I'm just. I I don't. I mean, I. I. You know, I try to be clear, but sometimes it's hard to put words to a thought in a, in a way to break things down you know
2: yeah it's crazy because like I mean for me as a, as a teacher and all that kind of stuff like I'm and and you know I'm like pretty I'm not active in terms of creating content for YouTube but I'm like every day watching all these these cats coming up with you know like the hottest two fives and method books and all that kind of stuff that is supposed to teach how to play this language and that the thought I keep coming back to is like I mean, that's all good and everything, but you're missing exactly what you're talking about in the entire process. Like,
3: yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know, and <laughs> from music, you, I mean, we can get so nerdy inside of music, but I think music just comes from you. It's about, first of all, when you talk about, it's a language in a way, but music has always made people feel good. Because when, you know, we talking about music, and you have to separate the drum to have a different conversation. Because the drum used to tell you when to do everything. The drum told you when it was going, when they thought it was going to rain. The drum told, you know, that's a whole separate conversation. But music uh, itself, you know, has all... From for me or what I know is is always supposed to be a thing to make people feel a certain way. It's an emotion. It's an expressed emotion in a way. And he, when you know, he talking about the education system. I don't feel like music is taught from that standpoint. You know, it's especially now because because of the politics. Because of the... Trust me, I know from some personal experiences I had to deal with, maybe about three years ago. It's politics. You cannot really... You cannot teach the way the world will be. Hmm. Yo,
0: Ben, you preaching tonight.
3: I'm gonna tell you, I just told somebody this uh, two couple nights ago. I played with Andy Bay for two years. The first night I played with Andy Bay, He said, yeah, we have Jeremy Clemens on the drums, a new young cat. This was like 2004. New young cat. Yeah, this is his first night with me and his last. Wow. (laughs) These these young cats today would probably be destroyed.
2: (laughs) Sounds like we all grew up in the same space.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I, I just kind of put my head, he was messing with me, but I didn't know that, you know, old cats have a way, to, oh, they, the way when they like you, they have a way that they mess with you and they push you. And and it's, I don't, I, I mean, that's the way I was taught. And I do that, but I have to be careful these days because they can't handle it. They can't handle it. They're so sensitive and it's, so, I'm sensitive, I'm a Scorpio. But it's like I ain't sensitive like that. I know. Well, you getting in my tail for a reason. I know what. I, I all right. I get it. I know why you getting in. Let me come on. I got to get my thing together so you can stop getting in my tail.
0: But you know, being that's the generation everybody got. A, everybody got a trophy generation. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's it's a little different out here, man. Like me, you, and Greg. Like for instance, I I came up with Al Fielder. You know what I'm saying? Greg came oh, up with Alvin
3: Batiste. Al Fielder. Alvin Fielder. That was that's who That's Boston Fielder's uncle. I used to play with Boston in New York. You don't you don't he brought you know Boston?
0: I, I don't know Boston. You know Boston Greg? Trumpet player, right? His his brother No,
3: Boston is a singer and a producer and a writer.
0: Oh, you talking about his you talking about his brother Bill Fielder, Greg.
2: That's like, Yeah.
3: Yeah, Boston Fielder. They got a whole fa- part of family that live in Atlanta. But Boston used to live in his. Him and his three brothers used to live in New York. One is a filmmaker. One is a book. They and he, yeah, they got all this stuff going on. But Boston Fielder, you talking about Alvin Fielder, the drummer? Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. a bad cat.
0: Yeah, he. You know, he passed a, a a little while ago, right before COVID. But you know that that was my guy. The first time I went to his house, I sat down. And he would say hey, man, who's your favorite drummer? And I said, oh, man, Jeff Tane Watts. And he said, okay, what other you listen to? I was like, I like Tupac, Dr. Dre. He said, you don't have time to listen to none of that shit. I said, oh. (laughs) Okay. And then I played something. And he said, you sound terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, okay. I'm like, man, I'm like 12, man. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, but that that's the way it was with those and me and Greg played with Delphio so we don't even want to get on that that's a whole See, i don't really know
3: Delphio i i don't know i don't know if i've ever met Delphio but i've heard some we interesting stories but you know, I don't know the brother, so I don't, you know, blessings to the brother. I don't- <laughs> I don't know. A cat. A beautiful cat, but you, so, it's
0: all with love, but you got to be strong. That's all I'm going to say. In, in, the,
2: in the words of a uh, tennis saxophone legend here in New Orleans, Roderick Paulin, you can't be no cream puff in this industry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what does Roderick Paulin play, Alto?
2: He pl- he plays all the saxophones. Yeah, he's is, the,
3: is that the dude to play? Do he play lead alto in one of them big bands down
2: there? He very well may. Yes, that's he, he's kind
3: of short and he be real clean all the time.
2: Hey, oh, that might be Kyrie. Ooh.
3: <laughs> I saw a, I saw a cat. I was I only been to New Orleans once, and it was January of twenty, and I went by Snug, and it was a cat playing lead alto, and everybody else had music, but him. Oh yeah. And he played the whole gig and knew the whole book. And I came up to him after and I said, "See, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's old school. That's
2: game. that's got to be Kyrie Lee right there. That's real
3: smooth. Yeah, real smooth. real clean." Kyrie. I said, "Oh, I, I, I said I like you, my brother." <laughs> he played the whole gig and he was he was wearing it out. And I said, "Man, this cat know the heck out this book because he didn't have no music that everybody else was. He was just chilling." He was playing lead, though. I was like, okay. (laughs) I'm
0: I'm sitting here just just thinking about, just as we're going through this music thing, I just, something just dawned on me, y'all, and that's that uh, you're you're kind of genre-defying drummer, which is rare in New York, but very common in the South and in New Orleans and in other places in the South, you know what I mean? What you mean by that? What I mean by that?
3: Say, Say that again.
0: Genre-defying. It don't matter what oh, genre. okay, okay, I you got you. you. You know, I'm because you know how a New York cast can only play one groove.
3: Yeah, I do. Yeah,
2: <laughs> jazz drummers.
3: <laughs> you know, you know, you you not like that, man. Well, I mean, that ain't that ain't where I come from. I mm-hmm. mean, I you know, growing up, you shoot, the first kind of real little gig I have when I first started playing outside of school, I had a little blues gig playing with this, this cat. Used to have this big old process. We used to <laughs> rehearse in my man's backyard. <laughs> you know, I had a look, you know, but it wasn't no jazz gig, it was a blues gig. Right. Even, right. even today, I see my mom and them on her, my, my mama, I <laughs> my mama be like, "Well, let's go down to the blues club. So I can see you put that thing on it. You know, it's that's When I moved to New York, it was very interesting because coming from the Midwest, I mean, to me, even Mississippi, that's still in the line. You you see cats work a lot, but you see them in different situations. Mm -hmm. You don't just always see them playing with this bebop quartet. Uh, I mean, you have some cats that only do that. I only play in the blues bands, but you have a lot of musicians that do a lot of different. Things. <laughs> you know,
0: no, absolutely. Blessings
3: to my, you know, I, you know, I ain't gonna say too much, but blessings to my, you know, I can call him my mentor, Montez Coleman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah that absolutely.
3: just passed away. That's absolutely, absolutely. He, enough, he, one of them. He can play anything. It's, it's yeah. like that type of thing. You watch and his cats played, but when i moved to new york i wouldn't i mean i would hang out everywhere i'd be at cafe Wild, i'd be at the underground i i wouldn't just i didn't just hang in smalls and when i went to new york i hung out everywhere yep i hung out everywhere and it allowed me to dip into some different type of situations you know i didn't go to new york to say oh i'm gonna just i'm gonna just hang out with the jazz i'm like i ain't been playing drums that long (laughs) Even moving to New York I started playing the drums Like 94 I moved to New York in 2003 Think about that Mm. I hadn't even been playing The drum set physically Like in music (laughs) I'm like man I'm I feel like I'm still getting it together Mm. You know, I know my limitations. I know what I can and cannot do. You know, because I respect the heck out of cats when I see them. I'm like, oh, that's a bad. <laughs> you know, I know what I can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. You know, that I did a podcast for some what is them that that thing called, the drummer's resource. Yeah. And he was yeah. At, I'm like, man, I'm I'm I feel like I'm I know I'm a musician, but I know it's some cats that play the, I mean, you know. I know musically I can play the drums and the way I play the drums is the way I play the drums. But when we come to like the technical part of the drums, it's it's some cats that can sit down. I'll be like, how you do that? (laughs) How you make your foot do that? Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm never a fool. I don't, I don't, I never walk around like that. There's no greatest or nothing. You just, you be blessed that you know, I always hear people say, you know, you blessed with a gift. No, you ain't blessed with a, a certain type of gift. The gift is your mind. Mm. And then you, you choose what you want to do from there. But the gift is your brain. Mm. The gift ain't the gift of playing the drums, of playing the damn saxophone, of playing the... That ain't no damn gift. Anybody can pick that thing up. That's, that's, that, that, that's what you're, this is what you're talking about. Hmm. The difference in this, uh, if you, you learn music in school and you, you're learning all the techniques, but you're asking about basically when you talk about education and you're talking about the difference in music and the difference in the technical being able to, that's like a cat that can build a house, but he can't read. That's what, you're, that's what you. That's what you ask But we live in a world where you can combine the two if you if you understand it. Yeah, I learned this way, but I'm gonna get all of this. I didn't know how to read. I didn't know how to read until I. I didn't learn music reading. Reading. I didn't know how to read to Derek. Derek sat me down in the office one day because I wanted to learn how to snare. One of the snare drummers in the drum corps. But I was by that time. Oh, wow. Hmm. I was maybe 11, 12. I couldn't read yet. No, 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 no. I could read. No, no. No, no, Yeah, No, it was around then because I hadn't gotten to middle school. Middle school is right. Like, 11, 12. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of when I started. But I could play.
2: Mm.
3: Play like cra- chops like crazy. But I didn't learn music from reading it on a paper. I didn't, that's not, that ain't music. That's the study of something.
2: Yeah, I feel like a lot of times we forget that, you know, if you just hold up a piece of paper with a bunch of notes on it, like, it's like, is that the music? Like, does the music exist originally on this piece of paper with some notes on it? Or does the music just exist and this is a way for us to at least communicate what that may sound like in, in some way? And that's, okay. that's, that's lost.
3: Now, now, let's, put, <laughs> now let's put a pin in that. I can read. I got a stack of charts. And I got to go out with Chris Brown. I mean, Keith Brown. I have a stack of charts in front of me. I can read, but that ain't the music. That ain't, that ain't it. So we going, we still tap. We still tapping on what you originally asked. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you have to be around this experience? Yes, you have to experience it to really understand what it is.
2: And that's such a good point, too, because, again, like the page, the, the sheet music or whatever book is not going to teach you what that feels like. Mm-hmm. It's not going to teach you what it sounds like. It's not going to teach you what it looks mm-hmm. like. And it's just like I appreciate those experiences like I had, you know, again, with my mentors when I was younger, when we were just playing a tune and they're like solo and I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? Solo? Like yeah, it was just that like, means
3: just yeah, just play. play. <laughs> just play.
2: Just play. And then, then it's like a couple years later, then you start dealing with maybe the theory and like actually like what you're playing. But yeah, just getting in touch with that core.
3: Lead with your ears. Yeah. You, what do you what is it that I hear? Hmm. You know, what is it that I'm hearing? You know, right. am I naturally hearing this? If this is it, then What I'm, I didn't glance at something. Somebody. What my Clemens let the church say, "Amen." All oh, they in the comments. So- <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, got <a> <laughs> you got a fan club.
2: You got a fan club rooting you on right now.
0: <laughs> the oh, comments is blowing up. Everybody listening to the podcast later on. The comments is blowing up. You have to find it on YouTube if you want to get in on on what's happening.
2: <laughs> hey, <laughs> we should we should listen to some music, man. Because I, I really okay. Need let's listen to, listen some to the music. track. Oh <laughs>
0: Thank you, Greg. Yo, so everybody check this
3: out. This one is I'm called... I'm turning my video off while y'all listening to music. <laughs> now you're going to make me shy.
0: <laughs> I don't think you got a shy bone in your body.
3: <laughs> that ain't true.
0: <laughs> but, but dig this next tune, y'all. It's called Junkie. Here we go.
1: sure to be with bill's rally paid. his smile was sweet and there were many times his way he didn't see but it talked to me he was nice to me said he walked with me a friend of my daddy As she could drop out to make a living just as anyone would. Found herself out in the streets doing things that were not good on her back and using needles, totally misunderstood.
0: We can't let them. We can't. We can't give them the whole track, man. They gotta go out there and <laughs> buy that record, man. Yes, like, <laughs> they trying to get it for free, man.
3: <laughs>
0: oh man, you crazy, man. Yeah, yo, yo. So tell us about that track. I think that's Mavis on there. Oh, of
3: course, tracking? you know that's my pardoning crime, man. You know, wow, we wow. uh, we we've been making music together since maybe when <laughs> I meet mean, Mavis. Oh uh, seven, we put out her first record in oh nine, but that's from a record. Uh, a soul understated record we have together called uh, what's the name of this record? It's in front of me. Uh, songs in the key of Greece. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, oh, I love that. I love Well, I mean, we did, I mean, that's it. (laughs) That is in Greece, (laughs) you know, you know, it's just that thing, but you know, that's that's our that's our band, and you know. We 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 been at the me and Mavis been at this thing with soul understated for for a long 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 time now <laughs> over a decade. Wow! You know we quietly are working on another record. You know I don't know if anybody has counted us out the game. <laughs> 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 but we, we but that last record is that's on Shonicky and the, you know the label record label Shonicky. Yeah, yeah. The same record label was Mesa and what's the what's uh what's the girl woman name. Aaron D'Angelo used to Angie Stone and Yeah, wow. Okay. And, you know, so, but you know, we quietly working. Selfless plug for the folks in North Carolina. We got a date on February 25th. It just came through. We playing in some club in Durham, North Carolina, uh called 919 on February 25th. Shameless plug.
0: Hey, hey no shame at all, y'all. Make sure y'all go if, if it's anything like what we just heard. Make sure you and your cousin in them. <laughs>
3: yeah, but that's, uh, you know, that's, but all right. So let me trip people. Let me trip the Jasters out of, of New York. That's Mark Carey on keys on Rhodes. That's John Thomas on organ. Okay. Uh, Who's playing? That's Parker McAllister on bass. And that's Shelton Garner on guitar.
2: See? And all that's, of Bre- the-
3: that's Brevin playing percussion on there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: My man, my man, Brevin. All right. Yeah, bro, that's dope, man.
2: Do you guys do you guys work as a band or like do you end up like kinda like getting side men kinda um, no, I mean yeah. I have
3: a I have a working I mean we've developed a working unit now. You know, you know, being in New York for so long, I have you know, you, you had that working unit, but we've kind of developed a work a working unit in this area, so
2: so, man, you know we're, we're like deep into this pandemic. So, I was wondering, you know, I, I, we don't have to get into the politics of the pandemic, but I was just wondering if you could comment on again, like how how your life has changed over the last year and and kind of moving forward, how that has informed the the future for you. Uh,
3: well, the biggest thing is it's, it's made me want to take investing very more a lot more seriously because. Uh, during that time and you know it's like I'm like a sub like I you know I sub with a lot of different people so all of that stopped you know because I still you know I'm an engineer also you know I have a studio me and Brevin have a studio called Break Alive Studios here in Durham but you know as far as touring it stopped it was like uh oh whoa uh oh and the only thing I can say is have your paperwork together and work on your credit. <laughs> because that's that's what saved me. Is the fact that I, I try hard to, you know, work and make sure my personal paperwork is together so I can apply for certain things and do this and do that. That's the only thing that saved me, and that's that's the honest to God truth.
2: And specifically, what are you, what are you referencing when you talk about, like, personal paperwork?
3: Uh, just dealing with taxes and all of that, making sure you have all of that type of stuff. Don't invade it. You know, I know as musicians, we try to run from it, you know, and, but no, just deal with it and make sure you got it somewhere in order so you can apply for grants, so you can apply for this in your SBA and your PPP and all these different things. You can apply for those th- things as a musician. If you, I mean, you, you are a business within yourself, but you got to make sure your stuff is in order, you know,
2: Yep. Yeah. You know,
3: and, and that's that that helped me a lot, you know.
2: Yeah, I remember with the pandemic.
3: I mean, but as work work stopped. I'm thankful for the for that I do have another source of income. Cause I do a lot of editing and mixing of records and putting out projects. So I, you know, that's a lot of my life actually, especially since the pandemic. I was doing it before New York. I mean, before I, I kind of moved down here as a base and I was still doing it in New York, but now I do a, before I got here. I mean, I mean, I was working on a personal sort of personal project. This group we have with Stacy and Ryan Berg, and we put out another project. So we were getting some organ overdubs done. But that's a lot of what I do. I spend a lot of time in the studio, you know, as being an engineer. I do a lot of editing and mixing of projects. FYI, if everybody's listening, that's what I do. Send them. <laughs> you know, I mean you can if you just make sure they are recorded well, consolidate your session and send it on.
0: Hey Bean, check this out, man. What what was the, the catalyst for you switching things up and leaving the city?
3: Uh getting older. I mean, really, man. I was getting older and I started to want things that I used to have. And hmm. wanting things that I didn't have. You know. It's so far i was having this conversation with a cat earlier today because he's trying to make a transition and uh to somewhere you know somewhere else you know a bigger city and i was like you know for me you know i i moved to new york when i was 23 something like that 23 24 and i i lived in new york for 14 and a half years and it's like I'm thankful of everything I got from New York, the things I learned, the things I I messed up because that's learning too. Mm -hmm. You know, the people I played with, all these connections. But the thing happened. We I lived. I was living in a house for nine years in Brooklyn, deep like deep Brooklyn. The people that owned the house, the husband and wife, it was just what they, he was from Jamaica, she was from Trinidad. I guess they've been married a long time. And it seemed like they were kind of splitting up and they they wanted to sell the assets. So it came, she was like, I think we're going to sell the house. And we had about three or four months, something like that. You know, mind you, in New York, we lived in that house almost 10 years on a one-year lease.
0: Wow. That's unheard
3: of in New York, That
0: is New York. unheard of. So that's a blessing. So I,
3: I couldn't feel no type of way. Rent never went up. Wow. I couldn't feel no type of way. I mean, not went up astronomically. You know, they might have made little things here and there. Right. But I'm talking, you know how New York can be. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> on a one-year lease, we were there almost 10 years. Wow, crazy. I'm like, all right. I said, well, okay, I understand what it is. I looked at one apartment in New York. <clears throat> it was a four-bedroom railroad raggedy apartment. and It was 2900 hmm. <clears throat> I said, yeah, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I don't really have nothing to prove. And I said, man, just, I had been, in the inside, I had been wanting to out for a minute. I'm like, I, I want some other stuff again. You know, I hadn't had a car just because living in New York. I didn't want, you know, you don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm, but I'm right. like, and I'm tired of having a roommate. Oh, yeah. Living in New York, if you're going to live somewhere halfway decent and, if, and you ain't uh, a millionaire, you at least got one roommate. Yep. In my yeah. mind, because of the space we, you talking about a three level, five bedroom, two bathroom, two kitchen house. I mean I could have did it, I guess, by myself, but I, you know, y'all have saw me down there on Smalls at the corner where the CVS is all night. <laughs> so man, y'all seen me? he was out on that corner all night. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I'll behave. But you know, you you understand what I'm saying.
2: Absolutely.
3: You know, <laughs> Have,
2: Having lived in New York for all those years, man, do you feel like there was like, I mean, I'm sure there's many lessons, but do you feel like there was one central theme or or experience or lesson that you learned from your time in the city? Don't
3: let them bleed you. Oh, Don't sure. ever lose who you are. Don't ever forget who the hell you are. I saw a life, there's one thing I know. I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of cats come and go. I saw a lot of cats lose themselves. Don't let New York, because New York can, inf- you know, New York is something else now. So I've been good. I ain't been. I ain't cussed the whole time, but I was just about to say. <laughs> you can cuss, go ahead. No, no, no. See, my mama watching. Okay, was, all
0: right. All right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, No, man, you know, don't, don't let them bleed you. Don't, 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 don't let them, don't let them take away who you are and don't let nobody take away who you are. You know, I'm so glad I didn't come to New York as an 18 year old and go to college there. By the time I came to New York as a, as a man, I, I, I was generally wanting, I kind of knew in a way who I was in a way. It wasn't like I'm 18 trying to figure out, you know, no. Because I almost left. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want, I don't know if this is what I thought it was. But I just, I stuck it out. I stuck the grind out.
2: That's definitely something that I respect for uh, a lot of cats who live in New York. Uh, the one, the ones who haven't been bled out, I definitely feel like a lot of the cats are very, uh, have strong personalities, are very, um, they don't they don't uh let bullshit waste their time and I feel like after you know 10, 15 years in a city like that you 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 really have to get in touch with who you are and not let anything deter you from that and so that that is a a very 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 invaluable important lesson
3: oh yeah but you grow. i mean you' grown as a man or as a human you know you're growing you know you're talking about twenty three I lived there from twenty-three basically to 38.
0: I, <laughs> that's a long time. And that's that's an important time in a man's life too. You yeah, know? Ex-
3: there we go. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it was that creeping up on 40. I'm like, yeah, man, I don't know if I want to roll into 40. I love New York. But when I moved to New York, I always said I will not grow old in New York. I don't want to grow old. This is not this isn't I'm not moving to New York to be an old man in New York. Hey, and that's not what I want. I I knew that from the beginning. I did I do not want that. So I will not grow old here. Period. When how that's gonna shape and when it's gonna shape, and but I don't wanna be no old man living in New York. Uh uh-uh. uh. First, no. In New York City?
2: Yeah, it's, I feel like a lot of people lose touch with the fact that, like, you know, everyone moves up to New York with these grand dreams and aspirations to, you know, be the best or whatever they do. But, man, you touched on something that's important. It's like we're still humans. We're people. And, you know, that, that, that life development is something that is happening, whether we acknowledge it or not. And we become so fixated in whatever we're doing. We can forget about that a lot.
3: I just read one of the comments, and it's very true. When I moved to college, my granddaddy told me. My granddaddy, old school. My granddaddy from, what are they from Greenwood? Green? No, they from, they from Mississippi. They from
0: Greenwood is in Mississippi.
3: But I'm trying to up think. In, up in, the,
0: they up in, they up in the Delta.
3: Greenwood, are, oh God, they from. Oh Lord, my mama might type it in the comments. Okay. But he, you know, he's in Mississippi. So yep. when I moved, to, when I went to college. He was like, all right now, Philadelphia. They from Philadelphia, Mississippi.
0: Oh, Philadelphia, yep.
3: He was like, all right, boy. Don't go down there and get mixed in with the wrong crowd. Huh. When I moved to New York, what you think he said?
0: Same fucking thing.
3: (laughs) But that's a heavy statement.
0: Yeah.
3: All right, now, I know you're going to New York, but don't go up there and get mixed in with the wrong crowd.
0: Yeah. My That's dad really dad's life and death. Very similar to that. I'll never forget it. One time my dad just pulled when I was about 18 and 19. He said, it. Let me tell you something, man. He said, you've never seen a millionaire hanging out with a homeless man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, damn, what this dude talking about, man. Mm. But you saw me in the neighborhood, you know. So oh yeah, you gotta you gotta keep your head on your shoulders. Don't
3: get said. mixed in with the wrong crowd, as he was saying, it ain't crowd, the way. You, cry! Come on, I thought you was a, look. Cry! Hey. Don't get mixed cry. in with the song. cry. No. No, you know. <laughs> no man, I grew up around my granddaddy, man. Oh yeah, oh, old yeah. big Clem, man. That's that's a man. You know, grow up. Grew, that's mu- that's part of the music too. Now, yeah, that's another. thing. <laughs> we ain't want to get into that. It's weird for me, like growing up around musicians that don't know how to do nothing.
1: Huh?
3: Mm. All they know how to do is play an instrument.
0: Come on, dog.
3: I mean, not- I'm like, <laughs> man, you don't know how to paint a house or work on a car. Or...
0: Man, don't get me started.
3: I'm like, you don't know how to do nothing. <laughs> I'm like, being a musician is just a, a part of who you, you know, I'm I'm not a musician. I am me. I'm a, being, doing that is just a part of who I am. Right, but so right. I'm like that was dumbfounding to me. Hmm. I'm like, you don't know how to change y'all? What? <laughs> <laughs> it right. ain't two functions. Bruh,
0: I used to cut. My grandma lived in the country. In the country, Greg been there. The country, acres. Talking about acres. <laughs> my grandma gave me a push more. My mama would drive off. Woo! You see, you got to cut all ten of them acres with this push more. You finish. My grandma gave me five dollars and a glass of water. Woo! <laughs> See you in Ooh. two weeks. We <coughs> gonna paint the porch. In two weeks, we paint the porch. Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love my grandma. I call her. You, know, I call all the time. Thank her for that. You know.
3: Oh yeah, that's uh, that ain't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it, that, that those little things were very interesting to me when I moved to New York. Yeah. Not all. It was those things like that. It wasn't so much the musician and you, how you play. and You get the note cast, so you'd be like, oh, I don't know how to do nothing. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <So,
0: well, laughs> jazz is a privileged music. It has become but a, privileged it ain't a
3: privileged music. Man, That's right? the, that, is, that is the problem right there. It is yeah. not a privileged music. That is not where this music comes from.
0: It's not where it comes from, but it's where it's at because of the system.
3: See, now yeah. there you go. That, that, I guess that's what it is. Yeah, 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 dude. man. That's this music. I mean, every everything, everything new was hated, and and even the way Mahalia Jackson sang, people didn't like it. Mm. You got everything. That was innovative and pushing the boundaries. The, the masses usually didn't like it, they didn't like bird, they didn't like train. When trains start pushing them in the, the envelope, what Elvin quit the bear. <laughs> People don't talk about that. Yeah. That's, where R- Rashi, that's where Rashi comes, Elvin quit. Train didn't fire him. Elvin quit. He was like, "Cause he don't." Uh, yeah, you know, I don't. I didn't really know where John was going. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you hear him talk, he was like, "That's just I didn't know where he was going." Yeah. But everything, you know, I I don't know, man. It's like everything uh, that should be educated, educative, I should say, is usually ragged upon. So now we have this education system that exists only inside of, you know, this little. And if you step outside of that, you're like this radical rebel and this. I don't know. I, I mean I, I I don't know what to do with that. I mean I don't. People ask me all the time why you don't teach and why you don't. I said because they would they ain't gonna let me teach. They ain't gonna let me pass this information the way it's supposed to be passed. I said, You're gonna have to, if you're gonna get it from me, you're gonna have to just hang out with me or do because they're not gonna let me teach nowhere. I live five minutes from the school I went to.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: They ain't gonna let me teach. Yes. <laughs> I didn't have, I didn't already dealt with it. Yeah, I gave right. a workshop, said one wrong thing. One of the, the the students wrote a letter to the dean.
2: Oh, my God.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Greg, calm down, Greg. Greg my they yeah. wrote a letter to the dean. Oh, man. I'm like, they, they ain't going to let me teach. They ain't going to let me teach the way I was taught and the way the tradition has to be passed down so you really understand what it is.
0: But, Absolutely.
3: You know, I'm all right with that. I don't, you, y'all do y'all thing, I, you know. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't feel like I, I should give false information to somebody. I'll, I'll let them do that.
2: I mean, you know, coming back to music and things like that, it's just such an unfortunate reality. in today Where, like, again, what you're saying, someone who has a wealth of knowledge through experience and, you know, it does not have the opportunity through an institutionalized setting to pass that down. Because it's again, it's like, man, you got to get the, you got to, you got to jump through the hoops. For them to let you into the building to teach the way that they want you to teach. And and you know, it's like that's again like one of the 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 most important parts about and, and one of the things that I think it's missing from education in general is like again, the teachers don't have the experience in the lifestyle associated with the field that they they preach about, you know, and it's like school's this weird place now. I mean, you know, being a teacher in the classroom every day myself right now, it's the kids the kids are running. The, the asylum. Oh yeah, it's,
3: <laughs> yeah. It's 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 very interesting, man. It's it's a very interesting playground, and it's like, all right, okay. I don't know what to do with that, but I'm just keep doing what I'm doing, you know. But it's it's, like, uh, it's interesting.
0: You you stay on your path, man. It, 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 the greatest tragedy, like Greg said, is that you you can't be in there giving him what the real shit. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm sorry, your mama listening, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, B, we're going to, we're going to shut it down, man. We appreciate you coming before we go. We do want to give you an opportunity to tell everybody where they can buy the latest recordings. They can link up with you in your studio and, and everything else you sell. Uh-huh. You probably sell hats and
3: glasses
0: and all kind of stuff.
3: Oh yeah. I sell stripper poles. and no, I'm-, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking junk. Um, uh, uh, so you said records. That record is called. It looked like this. Here you go. Oh, I can't see it. Oh, my camera won't let me do it. There you go. Something like that. Yeah. But it's a record called "On the Show." No, that's the record before that. Songs in the key. Songs in the key of Greece. It's probably on Amazon. It's it's back up on Spotify. It's back up on what all these platforms. Soul understated. Soul Understated, featuring Mavis Swanpool. You'll find, it's brought three or four records up there and you'll be able to find them. Studio-wise, have a studio called Break Alive Studios here in Durham, North Carolina with my partner, Brevin. You can Google us or you can reach out to us, you know, separately. Band-wise, we have a show, Soul Understated, on February 25th at a club called 919 here in Durham. You asked me about something else. What am I doing? I'm producing. (laughs) I'm finishing a few other projects. I'm finishing Al Strong's record. Uh, I'm finishing Colin Williams' record. Uh, Somebody else's record. Oh, I'm finishing the C4. That ain't going to be the new name of the band. The band with me, Stacy, and Berg, and Craig. and We got a bunch of special guests like Marquise Hill on the record. So I was working on that, you know. That's what I'm doing day to day. A lot of days I'm in the studio. I, I'm about to start shedding tonight for real. And tomorrow, I got to play with Keith Brown all week. <laughs> I got right. to go to Knoxville to play with Keith Brown. on. I'm leaving Wednesday, so I guess we play the rest of the week. So that's what I'm doing. You know, just being a musician. Okay. Oh, we offline.
0: No, we gone. We still going. Oh,
3: okay. I, I look like we were <laughs> offline. All right. But yeah, I don't want to talk too much, man.
0: Yeah, so y'all go check out Bean and uh, just just hit hit the Google and find him on social media, and uh, if you if you were you know producing the recording the record, maybe you need to go down and, and deal with Bean or send it over to him so he can. Oh yeah, him. just send it
3: over.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, thank thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. I can't I can't tell you how much I've appreciated just listening to you speak and and, and sharing all your wisdom with us, man. Thank oh, you. I
3: appreciate. It. I hope I didn't talk too much nonsense. Of- Yo, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I just try to speak from, from uh, answer what's asked or speak from, you know, I don't want to feel y'all show up with no BS. No, it's, that's that's
2: that's what that's what the world needs is is uh people to speak from the heart and tell it how they see it as it being, you know, absolutely. And and to all the people who are who are um hanging with us online, thank you all so much for joining us, man. It's been really a pleasure to uh to be part of.